And now we welcome you to the Studs Trickle program, heard on WFMT each weekday from 10 a.m. till 11 and Thursday nights at 10.30. Studs? Well, thank you, Kerry. Well, you know, in the studio with me is one of the most colorful of all Chicago jazz men. He's a drummer and uh, a quite remarkable one indeed. Uh, Barrett Deems, who was 66 uh, recently, but more than that, Barrett has played with Louis Armstrong in Europe and Artie Shaw and Joe Venuti and way back in the Oriental Theater days, Paul Ash, when he and I were young, Maggie. And uh, Barrett Deems and some of his drums and musicians he's played with, and mostly his reflections too, and the nature of a drum on a jazz band. And he's known, at least I call him, the mayor of the Croydon Hotel. <laughs> and so Barrett Deems, my guest this morning, and uh, his music and his thoughts after we have Kerry Frumkin and this message. The Stock family began making vermouth 95 years ago. They made it because people liked vermouth long before the martini and the Manhattan came into being. And more and more, people today are harking back to that beginning, discovering the light taste of stock as a drink by itself. They're discovering how imported stock dry vermouth has the subtle overtones of the 50 different herbs and spices that go into the traditional stock recipe. They're drinking stock dry on the rocks, stock sweet on the rocks, and the stock merger, a delightful blend of dry and sweet. With the trend these days toward lighter aperitifs and party drinks, imported stock vermouth is an ideal solution. And when you see stock on the label, you know it's a quality product. Stock dry and stock sweet vermouth, imported from Italy. Made by Distilleria Stock, Trieste, Italy. Hearing that scratchy old record, Barrett Deems and Joe Venuti. What year was that, Barrett? 1936, such in New York City. You were playing with Joe that was 43 yeah. years ago. Right. He's the guy that started me out and learned me everything that I know. We made that for Milt Gaber when the, the Decca had the blue label on it. Yeah. I'm thinking 43 years. That was 43 years ago, and your drumming is as vital and uh, full of uh, as juice and fire as ever. You yeah, that's it. all I live for. How does it begin? Where, I'm asking about the drum. You know, you and the jazz drum, what the drum does to a band, particularly a jazz band. Before that, who is Barrett Deems? Let's go way back. Cause about you, j the other drummers admire you very much, jazz men do. But there's something about you, too, up there at, at, with all your paraphernalia and you're full of this vitality. I call you a whirling dervish. When yeah, that's good. So where does it begin? We go back to childhood. Little boy, little boy. Oh, I started drum. playing when I was about four years old. My mother went to the dime store and paid 25 cents for a drum and bought it to me. And I never would, funny, I never broke that paper head. I had that thing for five years and never broke it. So all I cared about was drums. So this then I started studying when I was about seven or eight. This is where now? Springfield, Illinois. This is Springfield. Yeah. And you started study. Started you see, you studying. never broke the paper then. In other words, you didn't just bang the drum. There was uh. something about you and that there's a little toy drum over here. I have one here. I try to recreate that when you're a kid four or five years old. I'm gonna try to play. Blow, blow by blow. Barrett lifts up a little toy drum that happened to be in the studio. Yeah, it used to be a quarter, now it's yeah. 798. You know, it has an eagle on it and a, <laughs> and a revolutionary whistle. And that's what you were doing when you were a kid. So, but you never broke the paper head. Now that, that says something, doesn't it? They're all paper. Yeah, but because you were, you were gentle with it, too. You just well, I love the instrument so much. Why? Now, we come to that, the drum. You know, we, we know what a clarinet does or the uh, 
trumpet, certainly the cornet and the trombone, and the, for that matter, the bass, other than the bass and uh, the piano, but the drum. It's what role does a drum play in a jazz band? Well, I always said a drum is like building a house. Here you build up a $10 million building, and you don't put a foundation. So here you go and get a band, you got a lousy drummer, and you got a half a million dollar band. So without the drummer, the band's going to fall apart like the apartment house. It won't stand up. So you got to have a kicking, driving drummer with the band. Yeah. You were saying something about all oh, the hell with notes. It's time, time, oh, yeah. somewhere there. For me, I always said the hell with a note. Just go in and go ding, 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 like a ding, ding, ding. That keeps the band moving. Now, how, how, how is it now, when you were the kid, influence? You, you, so you took lessons at the drum in Springfield. Yeah. And you're six, seven years old. Mm-hmm. And Venuti played, uh, I was in high school, and Venuti played a one-nighter at the uh, Springfield High School Auditorium. So everybody liked me. They said, why don't you let him sit in, Joe? So he said, sure. So I went up and played. So he said to me after the concert, you play better than my guy. You want to come on in three weeks? I said, no, I'm too young. How old were you? About 15. 15, yeah. And a year later, I ended up with the band. Went into New York, and that's where uh, Kruber was in there, Davey Tubb was at the Hickory House with Marcella, and right. Adele Girard, and I used to go in and settle with all those guys. So Chick Webb, Joe would take me to Harlem, and hear Benny Goodman, and Chick Webb, and everybody. Big Sid Catlett. Yeah. So all of them, who were the influence? Any one particular one influence on you? I liked them all. Yeah, they all. Just like today, I like all the drummers today. I liked all the drummers for the past 43 years. So it's been, well, you've been playing pro the 51 years. Yeah. When you're 15, you broke in with Joe. About that. A little after. And Joe was the guy that broke me in. He just said, you listen to me, and I'll make a good drummer out of you. Yeah. So let's go, right. let's go down the line, then. Uh, you played with Arm. This is... His shine. You, you do something remarkable. This is with a contemporary band. Yeah, that's a band I just. This is my first recording date as a band leader, but I just made a good album with Jim Beebe at the yeah. Blackstone. We should point out that you play. You and your colleagues in Chicago play jazz at the Blackstone Hotel. Yeah, it's the best band in Chicago. Well, one of the best. One well, where do you hear it? We got a bass player, Duke Groner, and some guys, and Steve on yeah. piano, and Beebe and me, Charlie Hooks, and uh, Emery Thomas. We're talking now. Great. At the, about the Blackstone uh, Hotel, uh, every night except Sunday and Monday. Sunday and Monday. You're playing that for jazz, a traditional jazz. So what are we going to hear? We're, we're going to hear Shine. Shine. But this is what this time during a playback when you're reputed to do said, as you listen to it, you jump up as you do normally. Jump up and you're saying, time, time. That's right. what counts. That's what counts. The foundation for the building. <laughs> the Barrett themes, hot tet. You know, Barrett, I think as you were listening too, at this moment you were moving too. You said you live right for the drums. This is your life. Yeah, that's that's all I live for. And you were saying time, time, time. time. That's you're talking about. So all I live for are those drums. And by this album, this album is now available. It's called the Demos, the Barrett, and Demos. It says here in the notes, Demos is Barrett's nickname for Demos, derived from the name of the great drum god of ancient mythology, the Muscrotus. I couldn't read who that. Watches and inspires all percussionists. <laughs> uh, where did this information come from? I'm, I'm, what's it come from? what I call an original edition to That's mythology. That's right. I couldn't read it. <laughs> the guy say, what does it say? I say, you read it. I can't make those names. Yeah, but uh, the, uh, name you have to Demos, uh, so we're told, a Greek god... <laughs> who watches over percussion. <laughs> the Greek god who watches all drummers. <laughs> I was thinking, 
you talked to various influences, you know, the various drummers you like, Big Sid Catlett, uh, David Tuff, Krupa. Krupa, Chick Webb. Now, when we speak of a trumpet man, a certain trumpet guy has a lyrical quality or a round, you know, round as yeah. it does. Each of these drummers is a way of telling who plays. Is, each of these drummers have a certain quality no other drummer has. They all play different. Well, what is it, for example, that would distinguish you from another drummer, say, about the time or whatever? What, what is it? Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little quicker than some of the other guys. But there's a young boy in town that Bibi and I were talking about, Ray Rosenblum, mm -hmm. who works at the Hilton. He comes in every night, and he's a little monster. Yeah. He's like lightning. You like the drummer on the Muppet Show. Oh, that's there's my favorite drummer. Show. Yeah. But I got to get a haircut. All the women that come to the brunch said, you look like that drummer on the Muppet. I say, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we should describe Barrett. He's diminutive, but he's all fire, and there's a... A uh, little beard and the hair, well, and so he, maybe you are Democrotus. Uh, what is that? I mean? can't even pronounce Demoscrotus. it. I can't make That's that. A, and so you yeah. are a reincarnation of Demoscrotus, the Greek or some ancient god of percussion. Like Louis used to yeah. say, people would say to Louis, Louis, what do you want, Jerry? What's your ambition in life? He said, I want to grow up and be like my drummer. Yeah. <laughs> so you worked with Louis Armstrong. Eight years. In Europe and here. All over the world. You know, Beautiful the, man. You know, there's been a uh, on late late movies. They show high society. Yeah. With Bing Crosby, and Grace Kelly and Louis in it, and you're in the film. Yeah. That somebody sees you at the drums there. But they, some of them don't know me on account of no beard. Yeah. And the only thing I don't like about the movie now, they're yeah. cutting down on the royalty checks. Started out 515 years ago. Now they're down to 100 and a quarter. So I got to write to my congressman. Yeah. <laughs> Barrett, suppose we hear something from the soundtrack of High Society. New York has jazz. Now, what do we hear? What are we going to hear here? Now you have jazz. That's where Bing bounces everybody. And That's so here, you and the combination of yeah, jazz. Yeah, good band. Crosby. Edmund Hall. Myself. Oh, Edmund Hall. Yeah. Clarinet man. Louis, Billy Kyle, Orville. Good band. That's a good band. Billy Kyle at the piano. Yeah. Those, those are some marvelous jazz bands. You work with, well, ask about, suppose we hear, what we hear, and now you have, now you have jazz. <laughs> that is, uh, as Louis put it, lay jazz hot. That is, that's some company there. See, so you had uh, you had Arvel Shaw at the bass and Trum a young trombone, mm -hmm. Edmund Hall at the clarinet, uh, you Barrett Deems Demas at the drums, and Billy Kyle. Billy Kyle at the piano. I had to play good. I was in good company. That was at, That was also uh, m most of Louis Armstrong's uh, All Star Band. Yeah, the All Star Band. You work with Tea Garden too on occasion. Yeah, I was with Jack four years. Yeah. By the way, Crosby was a very good jazz singer, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was a beautiful man. But I mean, as far as the jazz singer's concerned. Right, he, he played good, he, he, he had good time. Yeah. Well, he was a drummer, too. But you don't find a lot of guys like that today, like Louie and Krupa and you the know, old school boys. You said something about, continuously you speak of time. Time. That's what it's about. That's what the drummer's for. Yeah. Like the Just like Gene and Buddy Rich. Both great drummers. But actually, as far as playing drums, Buddy was a much better drummer. But Gene set down a pattern that the guy out in the field could understand. Well, just explain that from before we take a break and hear more of the music and also reminiscences of the Oriental Theater. You said, set down a pattern. Explain that. You know. Well, you'd set down a pattern. Like Gene would start out like, uh, he, uh, Louis Prima wrote a tune called Sing, Sing, Sing. Yeah, Christopher And Columbus. it didn't go anywhere, Christopher yeah. Columbus. Yeah. It never got off of the ground. Benny Goodman had arrangement on it, so he played it, and then Gene played the Tom Tom thing. You know, that figure that he played. Yeah. And overnight, it was a sensation. 
And Prima had it for five years and laying in the drawer with mothballs on it. Never went nowhere. So Benny and Gene came out and made a big hit out of so it. So it was Gene's Tom Tom, as well as Jess Stacy's great solo player. Great piano player. But the, I remember that, and it was about, about 10 minutes. That's right. Yeah. But it was the drum, the, the proof of drum that with Benny set it and Gene. apart. Gene set that pattern. We're talking to Barrett Deems, who is not a remarkable drummer, but a highly volatile and colorful uh, person to watch. And so it's the man and the drum. You can't separate the two. Hard to tell where the drum leaves off and where Barrett Deems begins. And the other way around, he's playing at, with his colleagues, and they're very good colleagues, too, at the... Uh, at the um, Blackstone. Blackstone. Who are some of the guys you're playing with there? Well, B.B.'s a leader. I've worked with him off and on. Well, I've him known B. him probably 15 yeah. years, and I've worked with him on the Dukes of Dixieland band. Good trombone player. Doesn't get enough recognition that he should get. Then you got Duke Groner on bass, who is one of the finest bass players I ever played with. And Steve Bear on piano. Great piano player. Charlie Hooks on clarinet. And uh, Emery Thompson on trumpet. He's from New Orleans. He's a dynamite player. And Old Man Moses on drums. That's Old Man Moses. <laughs> <laughs> Barrett Deems. We'll take a slight pause now talking to Demos and more of the uh, music that he made with his colleagues in a moment after this message. The new Swingle Singers are coming to the auditorium. In the Auditorium Theater, Friday, you can hear this famous ensemble in concerts. As you probably know, and if you don't, take a seat and enjoy a very special sound. The Swingle Singers are four men and four women who do dazzlingly precise scat vocals of both well-known classical and pop favorites. Starting time for the Swingle Singers concert is 8 p.m. Friday. Tickets are at Ticketron and at the auditorium box office. Bank charge cards are accepted when you make a phone order. The number is 922-2110. When you're looking for a good auto mechanic, a reliable housekeeper, or a trustworthy dentist, what you probably do is ask a friend for advice. And you might do the same when you're looking for the best high-fidelity dealer. Ask a friend, and chances are he or she will recommend Musicraft's special combination of service, selection, guarantees, and very competitive prices. When you visit Musicraft, ask their advice on the right components for your space, your budget, and your taste. For classical music lo uh, listeners, one recommendation they'll make is the newest and best of the Bose Model 901 speaker systems, the Series 4. It has the distinctive Bose feature, of combining direct and reflected sound for concert hall realism. And you don't pay extra for an equalizer. There's one that's continuously adjustable to the brightness of your room. But what's really new about the Series 4 is its efficiency. This new system can be operated with moderately powered receivers and amplifiers. Discover the Bose Model 901 Series 4 at any of the six Musicraft stores. Musicraft, ask a friend. Now back to Studs and Guest. Oh, Barrett Deems, I think the drummer. Barrett, a, a while ago I was saying it's hard to tell where you leave off when the drum begins. This is true now. Y you, you're, it's with you all the time. A pair of sticks are on the table now. You were fooling around before. Yeah. The piano, uh, the, the table. Why don't you just do that? There was a glass, a glass ashtray. <laughs> the cup. I gotta have sticks all the time. Even when I get on a plane and fly out to do a concert, I pull out the practice pad on the plane, so the hostess will look and say, hmm. Then the people come around and look, they say, are you from another planet? I said, yeah, the Demas planet. <laughs> so pretty soon they gather around, some of the people know me. <laughs> say, well, I know you, Louis Armstrong drummer. 
So I just don't never quit. I practice four hours a day now and work every day. You are from another planet. Another planet, because the Greek god, demons. Yeah, because you're continuously flying. Flying? Even when you're not on a plane, you're flying. Sure, when they first started talking about the flying saucer, I said, heck, that ain't nothing. I heard about those guys when I was three weeks old. You weren't on it. I was on it. <laughs> he must. Right. Musk Armstrong, and you were not with, in Europe with Armstrong. This is from a live concert, uh, doing the traditional muskrat ramble. Where was the occasion? What was this? What was the BB Italy? I think it's Italy. In Italy. We hadn't been to bed for two days, and the engineer said, you guys play better when you don't sleep. All band guys play better at the... They don't go to bed at night. We recorded right after the gig. And this is it? Sure. When you gotta get up at nine in the morning to make a recording, you sound terrible. Well, you're up now. You came here very early. This is unusual, isn't it? Yeah, Being but I'm here live on oh, the studio. Oh, I ain't been up this early since the cow gave chocolate milk. <laughs> <laughs> the audience was that. How's in Italy? Milan, huh? Milan. Yeah. I and we did that. That's uh, we had just finished a concert. What they call theater over there? They call it teatro. We just got out of there about midnight, and the manager said, "You're going to start recording at two. No sleep." And we went and recorded at seven in the morning. You still practice, don't you? Four hours a day. Even now, you got after to. half a century of place, still practice four hours. Sure, a day. when them bones get old and brittle, you wake up in the morning, they oh, ain't nothing. Popcorn is not cooking. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to practice. But you do. But the, the remarkable thing is your vitality at the drums today is as much as it was when you first broke in. You know. Yeah, I think I contributed to uh, no booze and no dope. A lot of practice. Right. You, you, you never did fall for that, uh -uh. did you? you never I did. was too busy wanting to play time. Yeah, I had time. no use for that other drum. Time was your dope. Yeah, that was my dope. I get high playing, kicking a band. Yeah. You know, I was thinking way back, you mentioned Paul Ash, one of the earliest bands on stage. First, the McVickers Theater had, moved yeah, and McVickers had the first Theater. stage show on a band. Right. It was Paul Ash with us. He wore hair long then, oh, long before. Like I got now. Yeah, and then did you? when did you work with Paul at the Oriental? Oriental Theater. Then they built a theater for him, the yeah, Oriental. They built it, right, the Oriental. I was in the Oriental Theater with him. Oh, that's a long time ago. But so, what a nice man. But there again, he was. And then he went to the Roxy Theater in New York City. When I was with Louie, he was in the Roxy Pit. You know what he did? He was a pop bandsman, pop guy. The same, he used a lot of good jazzmen who began yes, to did. later on, didn't he? He had a lot of great players around here, and guys from New York. And Harry Barris played with him, yeah. I think, and Al Qualley. That's right. And they became the rhythm. Team. And the uh, saxophone player, Al Klink, great tenor man in New York. He was with Raymond Scott at CBS for years. He was on the Benny Goodman tour when I went over a couple of years ago. So your life really is uh, is a part of the history of uh, of jazz and nightclubs and uh, travels and, and what uh, what about uh, who's on you strutting with some barbecue? Same band: Louis, Trummy, Edmund Hall, me, Billy Kyle. Oh, you mean with BB's band? Oh, same band as Donna Flame and Sally. This is Strutton Barbecue. This is this is the Flame and Sally. Yeah, this band. is BB's. My Flaming band. Sally is is at the Blackstone. Yeah, Blackstone. Keep record clear. Oh, this is BB's record. This is a good album. So, both we hear this one. You're listening, Barrett. A question. It's a delicate question involving the drum solo. There's a, a difference of opinion. You know, Frank Holzfein, who was a great friend of jazz and rap. He hated drum solos. He'd walk out every time, even when. <coughs> the, Big Sid Cat, even when Max Roach was playing, he'd uh, walk out of a drum solo. He said, <laughs> Frank couldn't stand a straight percussive solo. But I know he liked you now. Yeah, not to throw any bouquets on me, but he used to say, uh, you don't pound, 
He said, we're most numbers pound. Now let me ask you, because something you say, you said about ideas, often, I know this happens too often, sometimes a guy has a drum solo, and we're watching acrobats at work. I mean, it's a vaudeville show. You know, yeah. you know calisthenics, tricks. Right. And uh, I know it, it's to get applause, and it's, 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 it's very sensational, but it's not really music, is it? I mean, there are, there are tricksters involved, and let's face it, there are. But what you said, you said something about ideas, ideas that count, and not simply speed. Yeah, you gotta listen to uh, what the other guys play, and then after you listen, you know what to play behind each guy. Like a lot of drummers play the same cymbal all night long on every chorus, which is no good. So it depends who the musician is you're playing with, the group. Yeah. Each one is different, and you yourself, like you play differently behind Armstrong than you would behind, say, Buddy Hackett, whom you right, worked with. Right, because he's a pretty player. Because he was the most beautiful trumpet player in the world. Buddy Hackett. But Louie had power, oh. drive. And so your drum becomes more like Hackett, pretty gentle, and it becomes drive with Louie. He's an well, case in point. Well, I always had my favorite dancer in the world was Fred Astaire. He's the most graceful guy in the world, and I always try to play technique like he dances. To me, he was the most graceful person in the world. Fred ah, Astaire. that's it. So, you think Fred Astaire, the dancer, and a certain timing that he has. Oh boy! He and for them, you played drums the way you think this guy danced. Right, because this guy was something else. He's so quick and so precision. To me, he's the greatest dancer I ever lived. Him and Bill Robinson. Yeah. Bojangles. Yeah. And so you think of this dancer rather than another drum. Remember way back, I asked you if who influenced among the drummers, and you liked them all, whether it be. Uh, Big Sid Catherine or Davy Tuff or, or Krupa or Chick Webb. Chick Webb. Or but, but they you all model yourself after a dancer. Right. So they all played different, those guys, yeah. and played great. But you see, I couldn't drive the band downtown if I didn't have the rhythm section to go with. Yeah. Because this bass player and I worked beautiful yeah. together. Duke, it's like uh, I named the, the rhythm section the rhythm machine. Yeah. <laughs> You spoke of Krupa a lot. You and Krupa were very close. Oh, he was a good buddy of mine. I was a pallbearer for him. I still carry a lighter in my pocket that he gave me 20 years ago. He's got his name on it. He was Chicago. Yeah. And you're Springfield, Illinois. We always, as a kid, you were very, I take it, very lively and yeah. active. Always. Yeah, always. They used to call me Speedy Gonzalez. They got, well, long before Speedy Gonzalez, yeah. they called you Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> okay. So, folks, we hear Goodman. You work with Goodman, too, of course. Mm -hmm. Well, we hear Slip Disc, one of the Goodman uh, sextet pieces. Yeah, Krupa, it's still, but and it's Krupa's on there. Krupa's so. on there. You know what I think? It was a great piece, but I think we're off-center. I think it's a 78 we got here. Yeah, right? it's a 7. And that 78's a little off-center, yes. obviously. Yeah, because it's not so, that fast. No, so I'm, let's imagine we heard it. And we will hear on, on some forthcoming program, I'll play Slip Disc with this particular combination on LP. But there was, but it was he... And he had, by the way, did he introduce Tom? No, Tom Toms came before Krupa, didn't they? Did he oh, sure. popularize it? All that invented in Africa. I was in Africa with Louis. We made a movie over there for Edward R. Murrow. And I used to go down after the concert every night, Stutz, and go in the jungle and listen to these guys. They were fabulous. To me, that was the greatest kick I've ever had in my life, being in Africa, watching the guys play. So drummers. you saw the African drummers. Sure, they gave me some. They made them up and gave them to me. So they did? Yeah, I did got Did they hear home. you play drums? Yeah, they heard me. But uh, because there's something, I suppose there you found the great artistry, that is the 
how complicated it really is. We, we speak really we use the word primitive it's a, in a put-down way. Oh, it's very advanced. Those guys started the whole thing. They used to play like 12 different kinds of rhythm, and you'd think they'd never come out, but they came out together. They started all that. They were great over there. That was my kick in Africa. And so they speak of drums and rhythm. So they gave Louis they, and his wife jewelry. Oh, did they have something called that talking drum? Talking drum. That's the one yeah. I got at home. Yeah, talking. Send drums. messages. Yeah. So there's the idea of ideas. And they gave uh, pearl necklace to Louis' wife. They gave Louis different things, and they surprised me. They gave everybody gives in the band but me. And when I was leaving, they presented me with a package. Two uh, African drums, and I kissed them all on the cheek. That's what I really so, wanted. So you got the, the two. African I got them drums, home. So ideas and drums, and I brought one hear, down to BB one night. Well, since you mentioned BB, this is the band at the at the Blackstone Hotel, Flame and Sally's. Uh, Stop it at the Savoy is a classic. This is the Fletcher Henderson piece. That is one of the. Yeah. That's it's always a, a showpiece, and it's always a test too. Suppose we hear you and the guys and Stop it at the Savoy. That was Armstrong's band, of course, you were there, not uh, Jim Beebe. Yeah. But uh, I was thinking, Barrett, uh, the way you greet people, you spoke of talking drums. You're, you're a walking drum. Yeah. You are, because you even, as you talk, you talk like a drum. That's right. When you greet people, it's, it's a ding-a-ding-a-ding. -ding. Yeah, that's all I think about, those drums. That's the only reason I ever hit the die, because I can't go ding-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the cymbal beat. Uh, I was thinking, you know, uh, for those who haven't seen as well as heard Barrett teams performing. He's there at the drums, all his paraphernalia is there, but he's commenting all the time, too. It's nonstop, as someone wrote, ad-lib commentary on life, music, world politics, the weather, what have you, all filtered through <laughs> ding-a-ding-a-ding. And Barrett, you'll be, you'll be leading the Krupa's old band. You'll be leading that in various tours throughout. Yeah, I have a one-nighter. B.B. let me off to go up and do some club dates. I got a one-nighter in Detroit at the uh, Algiers Theater, uh, April 14th. Then they got some other day. And then we got some shopping centers. So when we get some shopping centers here, LaGrange and Oak Brook, I'm gonna call you so you can come out. So <coughs> Barrett themes 66, playing drums forever. I Barrett, hope. I wanna thank you for being guest. Oh, I here. appreciate being on your show. And you're at the, you and your colleagues, Jabibi and all your colleagues are at the Blackstone every night except Sundays and Mondays. And thank you very much indeed. Thanks for letting me be on your show. Ding-a-ding-a-ding. Uh, Ding-a-ding-a-ding-ding-ding. <laughs> this is our program for this morning. And after we hear from Carrie Frumpkin, we're about tomorrow's program. This week's Delta Sunday Opera on WFMT is one that's become a great favorite with opera audiences in Chicago. Britain's Peter Grimes, and in the title role is tenor John Vickers. 3.30 p.m. Sunday, brought to you by Delta Airlines. It's a case of great savings and one of uh, limited time. You haven't much time left to save twice at the chalets. Dozens and dozens of wines are reduced in price by the bottle, and when you buy a case, you save even more. A fine Bordeaux, for example, 1970 Chateau Lagarde, is just $4.99 per bottle, and by the 12-bottle case, only $56.95. That means you're paying only $4.75 a bottle. Or go to California and pay just $2.99 for Boulou Boutour Cabernet Sauvignon or Beauvelure Pinot Noir. Or save even more by purchasing a 12-bottle case at the chalets for 
51-ounce magnums of C.K. Mondavi Zinfandel and Chablis are reduced to 349 of the Chablis, uh, the Chalets, that is. But only 1995 gets you six of those magnums in a case, less than 335 per magnum. Cheese bargains include imported brie at 299 a pound, Danish cream Havarti for 229 a pound when you buy a pound or more at one of the three Chicago chalets, the chalets in Gold Standard Liquors in River Grove and Skokie, the Glencoe Chalet or the Chalet International on Skokie Valley Highway in Highland Park. What about tomorrow, Studs? Well, tomorrow, uh, you know, WBBM-TV, Channel 2, has an interesting... Uh, an interesting documentary on what happened to guys in street gangs and thoughts about them, ref, uh, sort of reflections with various people who were involved one way or the other, observers and uh, some cops and uh, a south side uh, pastor too. It's on WBBM, I believe this Thursday night, and so the producer of the show, Scott Craig, uh, who will be our guest, as well as Clarence Page, who is assistant city editor of the, of the Chicago Tribune who've been doing some of the in interviewing of the people. So tomorrow, then, Scott Craig and Clarence Page as guests. Until then, take it easy, but take it. You've been listening to Studs Terkel, heard on WFMT each weekday from 10 a.m. till 11, and on Thursday evenings at 10.30.